Yes, hello everybody and welcome once again to your favouritest, Brinkalicious, most awesomest podcast that you know and love. It is the Brink for our 20th, 20th rebooted podcast. Got so excited there that my voice went really, really high. And uh, that's what we generally do, particularly when we're in a car driving at the time of recording this. I'm sitting in the back seat of a police car, an ex-police car actually, apparently, so I've learnt. And we are venturing north to the uh, the shit part of Tasmania, otherwise known as near Launceston, Simmons Plains for the V8. Well, actually, they're not the V8s anymore. They're just the supercars uh, round here in Tassie. And uh, we're going to have some fun recording some segments and joining me in the car, as uh, he often does. That's a weird way of introducing him. First of all, it's uh, Sam to the Mac McCrossan. Hello, Samuel. Good morning, Ben. Thanks for having me. Very good. Very exciting to be driving up to Simmons Plains. And I'm just trying to work out if we've ever recorded in a car before. I think we might have done. I know we've recorded in a bus. Yes. Perhaps a, a plane. Have we done a plane before? I've done videos on planes. I don't know if we actually plane. did an audio for the brink. but um, Train? If we, we were recorded on a train we, before, We did we? a couple of weeks ago on the way to the footy, if you do recall. Uh, you were you were tossing and turning whether who would win between Carlton and Richmond. So oh, that's right. We haven't done a boat before. No, we haven't done a boat. Maybe we can, um, you know, find a boat somewhere up at Simmons. I don't know. If you know what I think we should do? What we should, should we try, do? We should try recording on a tandem bicycle sometime. Oh, How about that? Well, I, I can top your tandem bicycle and get a hovercraft. I mean... You know, hovercraft. Like, who's who's ever done a podcast on a hovercraft? Skateboard, skateboard, rollerblades. You know, uh, scooter. Anyway, uh, we can we can come up with all different forms of transportation. Uh, also, sitting next to you, you might not need to uh, distract him too much, otherwise we all will die in this recording. Uh, Mr. Stewie Lipscomb, how are you, Stu? Yeah, not bad. Yourself, Ben? How are you, mate? Oh, look, I'm I'm in your capable hands right now. I mean, you are driving, so. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully that microphone's not too distracting, is it? No, look, I used to use a two-way radio while driving, and, yeah, that's not distracting, so this is not distracting either. You know what this is actually reminding me of? Uh, the the classic 2012 Brink Olympics version of Hooning that we did. Oh, that one, um, yes. That was, that was, that was a f- bit of fantastic audio work and video work from you, Ben. <laughs> this is this is actually quite fun. We've got uh, two ex-co-hosts of The Brink in the car. James, I'm going to put the microphone in front of your face just because I want to embarrass you. James Fife, I don't know if you ever were in The Brink before, were you Fifey? I wasn't, Ben, no. Well, now you are. How do you feel being on the greatest ever radio show slash podcast ever to be a radio show slash podcast? Oh, extremely excited, Ben. Well, I'm glad. And you're a very intelligent man, actually, James Fife, because you are a Carlton supporter. So uh, can I just point that out? How does it feel to have uh, extra intelligence in the two in the front seat here? It's wonderful, Ben. It's um, it's really good. Um, it's it's great to be here with you and uh, Stewie and Sammy. Um, look, looking forward to the races today and uh, being a Carlton supporter. <laughs> you always look forward to being a Carlton supporter because it's just the way of life. Uh, of course, people listening to this would know the results and what happened because uh, you know this is obviously going to air after it's 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 been on. Uh, Sam, I haven't actually been up to one of these with you. I haven't been to the last two because last year I was. Uh, kind of overseas and uh, the year before I was kind of in bed sick so have I missed anything in the last two years uh, that I need to catch up on up here at Simmons? Well Ben last year you missed out on a good one. Um, our, our good friend, good friend of the show James Bresnian, yes, who, uh, former work colleague of mine, who is a w- former work colleague of yours at the Mercury, uh, he, he was very good to me last year and he actually, he actually gave me a pass to go out onto the grid. Oh. Which was which was a good memory. Were you a grid girl, were you? Or? 
No, I wasn't a Greek girl. I was a Greek, I was a Greek guy. Ah, oh, right. But, uh, no, it was great. Got to sort of walk around through all the cars as they were gridding up and watch this and that. Loved it. It was well, great. Well, I wonder if, I wonder if Mr. Bresnahan will uh, be feeling a bit generous this year. And what do you reckon? We reckon we can go and uh, suck up to him again this year and uh, be like, hey, hey, Jimmy, you know, no, I missed out on last year. You can hook us up again. Well, I'm, I'm not sure, but the year before that, he actually took me into the pit lane, which oh, was pretty cool. la-di-da. He, he's very good to me. Hey, well, Stewie, were you, did you get any of this treatment last year, or were you even here last year? No, I was here last year, but I didn't get any of that sort of special treatment, like, uh, oh, just special. This is bullshit. But I'm um, hoping this year as a media personality, I can, I can use my influence and my knowledge to just face shift into the pit lane and into Lounsey's car and kick him out and drive for him. <laughs> no one kicks Lounsey out. I mean, come on, it's Lounsey. Like, Lounsey's a guy you want to, like, kick in. You want to put him in the car and have him drive us home tonight, you know? Actually, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think our chances are? Going up to Craig today and be like, how you going, Craig? Good drive. Uh, we're, uh, our designated driver's a bit pissed at the moment. You drive man driving us back to Hobart? Think you'd go for it? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... Maybe, maybe he would. Maybe he would. I mean, he's a good bloke like that, isn't he? I reckon. I reckon Craig Lowndes is the type of guy that would say yes to pretty much anything. Like, yeah, I think. I mean, if Craig Lowndes was driving you home, what would you talk about? Oh, you know the the crisis in Syria. Um, you know his his take on uh, Uber versus taxi drivers. Um, I, I really don't know, Sam. What, what do you think you would talk to him about? Well, I don't. I really don't know. What's that, Fifey? The Trump Wall. The Trump Wall. All right, yes, the Trump Wall. How would that go? Build that wall. Build that wall. <laughs> you know, I reckon, I reckon Craig Lance is the type of guy that, say, like, say you worked at Kmart and you couldn't be fucked going to work. You could go up to Craig and say, Craig, like, look, I know you're busy tomorrow. You've got a race. You've had a hard day of racing. Really can't be bothered working tonight. Can you cover my shift me at Kmart? And he would say, absolutely, I will do it. You know, that's the type of guy Craig Lance is. He would. In, the, in fact... I reckon, I reckon if you needed to borrow some money, he'd probably lend you something. <laughs> <No. laughs> Come in with the autograph table. Oh, excuse me, Craig, I'm about $2 short for a bottle of Coke. Do you mind? <laughs> I'll pay you back next year. He'd probably get his wallet out. I reckon, I reckon, I reckon he would actually go up and buy a can, uh, buy Coke for everybody. Stewie's in the background there. What are you cursing there, Stewie? What's going on? I, I, roadworks. Oh, sorry, the wall I, here. You can swear. Wall this here. is a podcast now. We should, like, build a, build a fucking wall across the north of Tasmania and tell them to, where to go. Well, maybe, maybe, actually, because I know we had the Sarge on one of our episodes recently, and he talked about building a wall between the north and the south. If you do not did know who the really? Sarge is. I thought you said Assad. Sarge. <laughs> the, the Sarge. I mean, come on, Pfeiffer, you know who the Sarge is. Uh, I've got a vague... Oh, look, Sam, you need to make sure he's up there at the track today. We need to get the Sarge on this episode, I feel. Well, uh, the Sarge is going to be there today. I well, hear. well, okay. Well, Fife, you will meet the Sarge today. Uh, I hope you brought some protection because you might get, uh, you know, I don't even want to say what I was about to say then because it's the intro of the podcast. You want to keep listening. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to bring some fun segments throughout the day, uh, throughout this episode. We've got some extra segments that you're going to hear from some of our regulars across this, and we're even going to be playing uh, a few little snippets of some other interviews through our other shows but uh i'm looking forward to today boys this is going to be good um i just want to get a quick tip for who is the driver that we're going to get an interview or an autograph from and who's the driver that we're going to get abuse from today 
abuse. I reckon we might get abused by um, David Reynolds. Yes, what a, what a cock he is. I've got a nickname for him, um, Stiff Pants Reynolds. Stiff Pants Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, we don't like him, so I think we can, we can you know... I don't mind him. He's all no, right. He's a knob. Uh, <laughs> Old Stiff Pants. <laughs> what, what, what about the, okay, instead of getting an interview, uh, or let's just go with a kiss. Who's going to give us the uh, slip of the tongue? A kiss? Well, <laughs> well no. Simone D. Silvestra? <laughs> <laughs> Shane Van Gisbergen uh, Shane Van Gisbergen I reckon is going to give me a nice big sloppy one I'm going for Fabian Coulthard he's a big fan of my Instagram work Fabian so I'm going like, to Fabian you keep liking my posts on Instagram give us a kiss well maybe, maybe he would him and, him and Rick Kelly him and Rick Kelly yep they're, they're my Instagram cheek. Do, you, do you know any of the V8 drivers Fifey I know um, Mark Winterbottom Winterbottom um, Craig Lowndes who's your favourite out of Winterbottom and Craig Lowndes um, I've got to say Lounsey. <laughs> Everyone says Lounsey in that. Oh, it's got to be a winter bottom, Do doesn't really? it? Yeah, really, really. I mean, no pressure at all. But if you don't say Craig Lounsey, you're un-Australian. Oh, it's got to be a winter bottom. I, I, I guess it's Craig Lounsey. <laughs> good, good, good answer. Again, Carlton supporter and a smart man. James. Does it have to be winter bottom? James, there's something I need to tell you about Lounsey. Oh, he, he drives a Holden. He drives a he drives on pole and he drives a Holden. <laughs> And he's not frosty like Winterbottom, so I don't know what that means. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's just let's just move on in this podcast. You'll hear from us throughout this episode. Shut up, Ben. Very excited to be able to bring you our next segment, guest, whatever you want to call it. You would recall that when we first brought the reboot back of The Brink uh, last year, I was, of course, travelling the world, went to the beautiful country of New Zealand, and several of those episodes I was joined by the fantastically awesome Mr Nick Chester, and so much so did he love being on The Brink, or maybe just because of the fact that we were recording other episodes that he decided to stay on for an extra 10 minutes, we thought we'd bring him back. So here he is from the Dutch, Nick Chester. Nick, welcome back to The Brink. The thing is good to be back, but you shouldn't ever tell anybody the magic behind what happens, you know? I was just you just you just called me up, you know, like and I was just ready to go at a moment's notice. I just literally was like chilling. I'm like, I haven't spoken to Nick for a while, I'll ring you up, press record, how yeah. you going? Um Yeah, exactly. You know that's how it works. The, the magic the magic I mean well how how's it all going, Nick? I mean look, has, does New Zealand miss me? It's been I think like what, six months since I was there? I mean, have there been petitions to get me back? Well, you're you're definitely better than the the latest Aussie import, which is <laughs> what's left of Cyclone Debbie, which has come across this week and caused us all sorts of problems. So you're definitely one up in that. It's it's fascinating actually because you were talking to me about this, and in, you know, I mean, this did not make news in Australia. I thought this would be something that that would the fact that the the sort of the the remnants of it have really hit. New Zealand is it just is it Hamilton or is it sort of the North Island? I mean, has this been is this something that generally happens? You get leftover cyclones from Australia? We get we get your sloppy second cyclone. <laughs> that yeah. Um I mean, if it's big enough, I guess it can make its way over here. So, um it's basically been here and causing all sorts of chaos in the North Island. Um so not particularly in the area I'm in, although we've had quite a bit of rain. But um, a bit further down the North Island, it's been it's been pretty, pretty, pretty crazy, really. Wow, um, nothing like nothing like what you guys had, um, but still, you know, pretty intense. Like we've had to close roads and bridges, and you know, evacuate people from houses in certain places. So yeah, it's been pretty full on. It's it's crazy to think because I mean, I I don't picture New Zealand as a country that often gets natural disasters. I mean, yes, okay, you kind of had a big earthquake a couple of years ago, but I mean, outside of that. It seems like you're a pretty safe country when it comes to that sort of thing. 
Uh, no, I, I don't think that's the case. I think like we do get lots of earthquakes, um, but we also, you know, we're really susceptible to um, to tsunamis. We get lots of storms. So we had a really big storm here just like literally two weeks ago um, that did the same thing, that closed lots of roads up in the Coromandel. Um, so we get all sorts of stuff. So we're having a lot of the issues we're having this time around are actually because places haven't recovered from what happened you know two weeks ago right so is it, is it a case then that perhaps as australia often does with new zealand natural disasters are a new zealand thing we just claim them to be our own uh- <laughs> yeah let, let's go with that you guys don't get the earthquakes and all that kind of stuff but, no um, no we 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 don't have, you know, crocodiles and, and spiders biting our ass every time we turn around. So, you know. <laughs> I, I love I love the fact that you say we're susceptible to tsunamis. Just like that's a daily thing. Like, oh, here comes another tsunami. Everyone in New Zealand get to high ground. Well, I mean, anybody who watched, you know, like um, the Your Survivor fans, um, Survivor Vanuatu, where they had that big earthquake where they were actually you know, in the middle of the show. And um, that happens a lot, you know. So there's a lot of earthquakes in the South Pacific and, you know, the tsunami warnings go up straight away. And quite often it, it turns out to be like a wave that's like 30 centimetres. And, you know, <laughs> we've all been given the warning. But, you know, it's better to be warned and then nothing happens and the other way around. But, you know, we get a lot of that kind of stuff. So, so basically one day I'm going to wake up to hear the news that New Zealand is like being washed away and you're currently like hanging out with South America or something like that. Yeah, well, you'll, there'll be a big tsunami hit, but, you know, everyone will move to Hamilton, which is where I live, because we're the only, like, inland city, um, which we get which we get a hard time about being boring because there's no beach here or anything like that. But who will be laughing when there's a tsunami? That's what I'm saying. You are the home of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, all right? You will be doing the time warp until you guys are bored. That, to me, is not yeah. boring. Yeah, that's true. We You've do got Hamilton that. Gardens, the World Garden of the Year, what, 2012? I mean, come on. I obviously did a good job because you've gone away and remembered all this stuff. So I've, I've spoken. I've spoken to plenty of New Zealanders since I've been there, Nick, and straight away I'm like, oh, you know, I, I was there. I, I actually really enjoyed it, and I spent a lot of time in Hamilton. And people are like, oh, I'm from. The, they're always from the South Island. No one's ever from the North Island. But I think one person was like, oh, I, I went to Hamilton there. Yeah, I didn't really like it. And I'm like, it wasn't that bad. Like I didn't mind it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it gets a bit of a bad rap, but, um, you know, I like the place. I've been here for 10 years, so, you know, must be doing something right. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the home of Rocky Horror Picture Show and Nick Chester. I mean, that's that's how we that's how we do it. Um, I, I am exactly. so intrigued with New Zealand this week. I don't know if people saw this story, but, I mean, you have a you have a new Prime Minister. He's newish, I guess, a couple of months now. Um, I mean, Paul and I sort of loosely touched on him, I think, last week. Uh, good old Billy English, or, of course, as you would say, Bull English. Um, he has been in the news this week. Because apparently he likes to put tin spaghetti on his pizza. What the fuck, Nick? Like, is this a New Zealand thing or is your Prime Minister just stupid? I, I think the cupboards were just a little bit light on stuff for pizzas. <laughs> and, like, you know that whole thing where, like, you're like, oh, I'm going to have pizza tonight. And then you actually get home and realise that, you know, you've got a tin, a tin of pineapple and, you know, half a cucumber in the fridge. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm making a pizza out of this then. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm looking here. So he, he posted it on Facebook. And he's like, cooked dinner for the family tonight, like if you agree with tin spaghetti on pizza. I mean, like, yeah, I get what you were saying, but I mean, still, he, I mean, this is the prime minister of a country. Like, I'd imagine Donald Trump going like, oh, you know, I put this on my... And I mean, wh- why does the prime minister of New Zealand not have a, somebody cooking for him? <laughs> like... Well, we, we we should all be waiting for the, the, the Donald Trump tweet, which would be like, saw Bill English's pizza, who put spaghetti on a pizza? Sad. You know, Fake like, pizza. Be, <laughs> Fake pizza, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, look, good on him for making news. I mean, I guess... Hey, well, we actually had a pizza here not long ago that had kangaroo on it. Oh, well, I don't even think as an Australian I've had kangaroo on a pizza. There you go. Um, there you go. We, we like to try things out. I love how some of the comments here about being a pizza snob. I didn't even really think that's a thing. Um, I mean, this would be more so the the, the Prime Minister or the the President of of Italy, no doubt, tweeting off like going, Hey, Bill, you're not doing the pizza correct. Um, It looks pretty foul, this photo. I mean, people complain about pineapple on pizza. Like, just no. Is this going to be a thing now that people will just call him out walking down the street? Oh, Prime Minister, you're a dickhead. Don't put that on your pizza. The the second photo is actually even worse because it looks like it looks like he dropped that pizza on the floor and then like picked it up again like it's it's awful like it's all like half falling off the the baking tray like yeah <laughs> I just I just still can't get over the fact that like I mean good on him for being like a you know I mean he's a prime minister but you know it's like oh I'm a family man I'm cooking dinner here it is in the oven but again like. He's the leader of a country. Shouldn't he have people doing this for him? Like, is this just a New Zealand thing? Your prime minister is just your everyday Joe, just like, oh, I'm going home to cook pizza for my family. Yeah, I don't think we have, a sh- like, a professional chef for our prime minister. I mean, I could be wrong about it. I don't really know. I do love some of the comments, though. Like, this, this couldn't be more Kiwi, is that somebody's written in all caps. So I assume they're screaming. Is, I hope you're getting lucky tonight, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to his wife's heart. Oh, baby, yeah, put absolutely. that spaghetti on my pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I mean, what happened there? I remember, I remember talking to you when I was in New Zealand and we were talking about your prime minister. It was a John Key. You know, he'd been there since, like, day dot and I leave. And before you know it, you've got a new prime minister. I mean, what happened there? Well, I think he just, you know, he wanted to go out on a high and, you know, look, he was still really popular. So, you know, good opportunity to leave while everything's still going good. And, um, you know, the new prime minister has actually run for prime minister before and didn't do very well. Um, But I think he's probably going to be a bit more successful this time around. But it's like boring white man Bill English versus his opposition, which is a boring white man called Andrew. So it's Andrew versus Bill. It's exciting times, I tell you. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got Malcolm versus Bill in Australia. We don't really have much of a, of a difference going I mean, here. I think any anyone who's um, who's not American is, is really doesn't care how boring their politics is. You know, they'll take boring <laughs> politics any day. Uh, are you a fan of, of... I mean, even his name's boring. Bill English. Like, I just... <laughs> Sorry if you're like yeah, a big New fan of him. New uh, Zealand, New, well, New Zealand politics is pretty boring, to be fair. You don't, you don't still have people getting dildos thrown at their head in press conferences. Uh, not for a while. It's it's been a bit of a slow, a slow <laughs> news news time since Bill's taken over. I think. Yeah, John John Oliver hasn't talked. I mean, this might make John Oliver now. Who knows? Like, yeah, well, that's true. You never know. <laughs> Maybe that's what Bill English is trying to do. He's like, shot. We haven't been on John Oliver in a while. Quit put some spaghetti yeah. on my pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's what it's going to be. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out next week. <laughs> One thing I want to quickly touch on, actually, with you two is, um, I there was a, it wasn't, wasn't that long ago, but I think they discovered that New Zealand actually was its own continent at some point. There was like this big landmass called I think called Zealandia, Zealand or Zealandia or something like that. But most of it's like it's like an iceberg. It's all underwater. Uh, going back to the tsunami thing, do you hope that the water will like you know sink down enough that the great continent of New Zealand can emerge again from the the ocean and be like fuck you Australia, we're our own continent too. 
well, it'd be quite handy for when you know, like it's always a pain when you want to drive to the South Island and you've got to get on a boat and you know go across the Cook Strait and all that. So I guess it's going to help with um, with land transport. So you've got to look at the positives of these things. Exactly. Apparently, that last that last big earthquake we had at the end of last year, um, the two islands moved closer together by like five meters, which sounds oh, like really? quite a lot. Wow, yeah. that is a that is a bloody lot. That's that's huge. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like, if you get a really really big earthquake. Um, you guys could just basically collide. Yeah, you never know. Wow. So there was there was an April Fool's joke that somebody tried to play, uh, claiming that Tasmania was drifting away from the mainland, and so they had like a hashtag Save Tasmania campaign. Uh, so maybe they need to do that with you. But the opposite, like shove you guys together. Yeah, yeah, better together. <laughs> better together. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you don't need to change your flag. You just need to put a massive, like, you know, chain between the two and just pull it and come together. How would that work? How do you think, like, I mean, the, the rivalry between the North and South Island, would you guys be better together or would there just be more problems? Well, I think I think we're always best to just stay away from those banjo-playing, um, <laughs> you know, types down there, you know. They like, they like pumpkin and they like pumping their kin. So we like to just stay away from them. Really. <laughs> that, is, that is the strangest, like... Insult, I guess. Oh, they like pumpkin. <laughs> like, that's that's a bad thing. <laughs> well, they like pumping their can more. Right. Okay. One thing quickly before I leave, uh, I want to thank you. You gave me a movie to watch uh, when I was with you, and I finally got to watch it a couple of months ago. Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, loved it. That is a great, great movie, and I I piss myself laughing. I think I need to give more credit to New Zealanders for being funny, because, you know, between Flight of the Concords, Hunt for the Wilder People, if you've not seen Hunt for the Wilder People, see it. We need to cover it on the Oz Network. It is a brilliant film. So I want to say thank you for giving me that suggestion. Yeah, well, count me in for that retrospective, you know, like, I know you're a bad egg, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll sort you out. You're a real bad egg, but we'll still sort you out with a movie review on that one. The the kid, the, the, the guy who played, I mean, has he become like a big star in New Zealand? Even I mean, he really should be. That kid was awesome. Yeah, oh, he's brilliant. Um, I mean, we haven't seen him in anything else yet, other than that he's like on TV all the time doing TV ads and stuff. But he'll definitely, he'll definitely be more stuff. He's awesome. Julian Dennison, I'm looking up here. I mean, you know, I was excited the fact that Sam Neill's in it, but yeah, Julian, there's a name. Watch out for him. He's, uh, he deserves. And you know what the director's doing next, right? I, 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 I might have heard about it, but I think you need to remind me. So, so um, Taika Waititi, who was the director, he's directing the new Thor movie. Oh, is he really? Wow, so that's that's going to be different. Yeah. A, pr- a pretty uh, good segue into that. <laughs> Why yeah, not? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There you go. We'll keep an eye out for it. Perhaps we're going to have like little New Zealand kids swearing a lot in it. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Nick, thank you. It's fun. We're going to do this more often. Good to hear about what's happening in New Zealand. And um, don't go putting any spaghetti on your pizza. No, never a dull moment over here. That's for sure. Starting to get used to hearing some classic live performances on the brink. Bit of a different one for you this week because this actually never happened on the brink. It happened on High Noon, the new version of the brink that you can hear on Edge Radios between 12 and 2 p.m. only in Hobart or live stream via edgeradio.org. 
edgeradio.au. Edge Radio isn't plural, it's just Edge Radio, not Edge Radios, as I think I mentioned before. Jeff Lang, ARIA award-winning singer-songwriter, was in town on the weekend. He joined me in studio only a couple of days ago on High Noon to talk about his new album, his career, some fantastic recording elements that he does, and why people like John Butler are heavily influenced by him. And he performed one of his new songs from his latest album. This was called Burnside, performed live on High Noon only a matter of days ago, and we thought it was so good that we're going to bring it to you in our classic live performance segment. So sit back and enjoy Jeff Lang performing Burnside on High Noon. Burnside is stood at the curb by the gate Bag and his coat by his side thought to himself useless brother be late as he scanned the dawn horizon for a light as he scanned the dawn for a light Burnside, he walked over to the driver's door And embraced his brother dear Where to, where to Well, put your foot to the floor Anywhere that is warm and far from here Anywhere that's far from My boy, my bro 
him tucked up safe in bed.
Welcome everybody to Simmons Plains. You heard the car ride, now you're hearing the cars in the background. We are standing above a platform uh, above the track, that's generally what you do. Sam's with me still. Sam, so oh, I am, I am. Br- the brink on the road. Does this count as a brink unleashed? No. Not There's like- very strict criteria with the brink. We pushed the envelope with the brink unleashed 6.5, now available yeah. via iTunes. Well, uh, with YouTube, I should say. But uh, Brink unleashed 6.65. 6.65. The brink unleashed 6.55736, perhaps. Uh, haven't been doing any filming, though. So, uh, no. Stewie's still here. Stewie, sup? Not much yourself, Ben? Oh, just at the V8, so what about yourself? Oh, yeah, same look, obviously, but I just noticed there are little versions of big cars over there. That's the, um, yeah, that's the midget races, um, the the Peter Dinklage class. <laughs> well, I suppose, you know, but careful, Ben, he might get short with you. Oh, 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 good one, good one. It's a bit windy, as you can probably hear in the background. Fifey, who's terrified with the microphone. What's up, Fifey? How you doing? Good, mate. How are you going? Oh, look, I'm still going okay. You know, can't complain. Are uh, you enjoying the, the view from up here? You've got a pretty prime seat for the track. Yes, I'm enjoying the view, Ben. It's very good. Um, the weather's holding out so far. Racing's pretty good. I'm um, looking forward to the race this afternoon, definitely. Now, now, you met a couple of the drivers. Did you get any autographs? Uh, no. Uh, I was going to say, who's your favourite that you got? But clearly, you, you know, you didn't. Uh, have you, did you make your mind up when it comes to Lounsey versus Winterbottom? Winterbottom, maybe? I don't know. You're an idiot. Um, <laughs> no, Winterbottom is good. <laughs> if he told you to jump out in the track right now, would you do it? I mean, it sounds like you just he says whatever he's saying, you'll do it. I hope not. No. I mean, can I try that? Go get me a million dollars. You get that. All right, okay. I have to get that. Fair enough. Um, so, we, we, I mean, we got some autographs this morning, Sam. We, we we're did. using our very no. professional Pleased. Uh, media passes to uh, get some autographs, but... Uh, you know, it's fun. We're, we're recording some qualifying lap, also available via iTunes. We well. are, and uh, we're gonna. I'm very excited that we're doing this walkthrough. Uh, we just mentioned it on the qualifying lap, but uh, again, we used to do this on the brink. We used to go through the cricket. We used to start from one side, just do a lap of uh, the ground, and just, just chat to everyone. And it was fun. The people you talk to, the people you find at a cricket match. This is the V8 supercars, Sam. Exactly. Yeah. Now, like, like when you compare cricket to the V8 supercars. The crowds are slightly different. Um, they are, they are. I think when it comes to our professional side of qualifying that, we might have a few naughty words dropped here and there, but uh, the joys of podcasting, we well, can get away with it. Well, you never know, you never know. But, Ben, we did see this morning a man in a trench coat with badges all over it, sewn on from every race event he'd been to or, and um, all other sorts of things. So We're going to find that man. If we're going we're gonna to find that man. And we're going to say... What is with your badges and why are you so awesome? I might even tackle him. I might even kiss him. Kiss him? Yeah. I, I might even... Stewie's going to go for the bum grope. Oh, look, you know, you've got to, got to go for the old casual bum grope. Why not? That's, that's the Australian way, right? Like, Ben, you're looking good for a bum grope right about now, but I give, give us a... Give us a come, on, come on. Oh, oh that's, that's a nice firm one, actually. I don't know. Did I just get the second base with Stewie? Did, did that, that, that just happen? That just happened. Well, did people see that? Uh, did, did he give you one too, Fifey, or? He didn't off a little bit left out. Oh, Stewie, like, you can't leave Fifey out. Um, yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm lost. I just got groped on the ass by Stuart Lipscomb. Um, it's a dream come true. It's off my bucket list. Thanks, Stewie. Oh, well, yeah, no, I, it's me. What can you say? Now, now, just go along the line here and do it to every single person here and uh, see how friendly they will be across. I don't think they particularly would like that. No. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. You've got to know when to do it and know when not to do it. Know when to hold them, know when to roll. What's that song? Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like the gambler, but the gambler. But it's the butt groper. You the, 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 you gotta know when to grope them. 
when to feel them. <laughs> know when to walk away and know when to go to jail. Yep. Oh, it's five everyone's getting involved. Do you want to join in the song? Do you know what we're singing? Uh, I'm not sure what you're singing. No. 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 This is a song that never. Okay. We're losing the plot. Right I'll, now. I'll sing a song for you there. Yeah, go on. I'll, it's my go to song what in is these it? situations. What is it? Yep. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those hands were fast as lightning. Everybody was a little bit frightened. Oh. I think I got the words wrong. What? <laughs> wow. Do you think that was planned? Was that good? That was did, bloody good. Did you like it? I think everybody needs to give him a round of applause, but yeah. there you go. You got a couple. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go. Um, I did. I did actually. We talked about it in the car. I did smell the Sarge's perfume before. Did you yeah. smell it? Well, I. I think I let off three times. Well, does you, so he I wears your fart as, your, as his perfume. Well, I heard them, but I don't think anyone else you did. Heard, it's got a very unique tone, the Sarge's farts. Don't, it's like a... Yeah, a bit like a tuba. <laughs> wow. Everybody was Kung Fu fart. That's our go-to song when we're out of content. Just Sam, start singing Kung Fu Fighting. Uh, by the way, I also do uh, 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 Barbara Streisand. No, not Barbara Streisand. Whitney Houston. All right, yes. give, us, give us some Whitney. He's looking around, he's embarrassed. And I will always love you. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, Samuel McCrossin. Oh, Sam. <laughs> now, Thank let's, you. let's, very much. let's wait until the driver's uh, signing autographs again. And once again, you can give a rendition. Just go across the line. Like Frosty, everybody was kung fu fighting. And I will always love you. That would be a good celebration, wouldn't it? I mean, I, we watch AFL football, and uh, yes. one one thing I get annoyed is that the celebrations are always full on, but like they're kind of all the same. Yeah. Why not one day when someone kicks a goal, you know, like, I don't know, who's for Carlton? Uh, Nobody. We can't kick goals. Yeah, well... Uh, Jacob Wietering. Jacob, well, why doesn't he... Why doesn't he, when he kicks a goal, why doesn't he break into song one day? Well, look, I'll pass it on to him. Why not? We're very close, apparently. I've never met the guy, but we're yeah. good friends. We're ideas, man. We are. Um, Jacob, if you're listening, break out into song next time you sing. Uh, but yeah, we're going to find people to sing. We'll find the Sarge and um, we'll find ourselves some listeners because at this rate, we're not going to have any with the crap that we're giving you right now. We love it when we get to play this little clip. This is a flashback where we bring you a classic moment from our Brinken history that is Brinkaliciously awesome. Right now, we're going back to 2014. Dakota and myself in studio, always a good time, well, at least you think it would be. And we were talking about the then hottest couple in Canada, Avril Lavigne and Trad Cro- Chad Kroger. See, I'm still getting choked up about this. I can't even talk about it properly. Who at the time broke up. And uh, again, still very hitting close to home. I can't even speak properly right now, seriously. But this is what happened when we basically found out on air that uh, the couple that we would go on to call Chavril had broken up. I went to do some investigative journalism mm. this morning. I went to Canada with that terrible teleport that we have. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I used up the last bit of the energy, by the mm, way. Whatever. I went there and I'm like, oh, how do you feel about Chad and Avril splitting up? And he's like, what? And I'm like, Chad Navarro, they're spinning up, then he just burst out in tears, and mm. he cried so much that his like, face was flooded, and yep. 
So I'm just, I just left. But there's those live webcams of like, you know, you can get city webcams and there's like live ones in the streets yeah. of Vancouver. They're empty because everyone's just at home crying. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's really depressing. It's, it's terrible. Um, yeah. You know, Avril Lavigne fans are burning yeah. Nickelback CDs. Yep. Every sane person in the planet is just burning Nickelback CDs <laughs> yep. because that's what you do with yeah, Nickelback it's, CDs. That's right. um, and every Nickelback fan is, um, you know, the one person is. Yeah. <laughs> all the all the horse faces are crying. All the. <laughs> <laughs> the fact, yeah, you're investigative journalism, absolutely, because, you know, according to New Zealand, you're a journalist. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Official. Exactly. Yep. I'm actually a journalist. I don't screw my uni degree. <laughs> screw that. Screw my education. You can throw that down the drain, too. I am a journalist. Just look how happy they look at that picture. I know. Look at them. Avril and Chad. Avril's, Avril's, Avril's putting on a real sm- fake smile, and Chad's just chilling. Forget Brangelina. You know, forget yeah. Benefer. Yeah. This was bad. That is such a fake <laughs> smile, though. Look at that. <laughs> or Chavril. Look at look at that. No, look at look at Avril. It's such yeah, a fake people smile. at home right now listening yeah. to this are looking at Yeah, the illusion of radio anyway. Chavril? Chavril. <laughs> Chavril are breaking up. Or like Yeah, Chavril. Not Chavril! No, Chavril! I can't handle it! I shipped that no, couple. No, I'm done. Oh. I'm quitting radio. Oh no. Chavril's out. No, Ben! No. Ben! Ben! And, um, Ben's gone. He's actually gone. He's... Crap. Yeah. He actually... You know what? That's actually the first time in 10 years I've ever actually walked out yeah, of the he studio. Actually, but, he um, literally walked out and shut the door behind him, and he looks like he's about to cry. Chevron's <laughs> gone. He's, um, yeah. yeah, he's the Barons of Tang and Apocalypse Kids. I need to just go. He, yeah, he needs to... He needs to <laughs> It's the brink on Edge Radio. 99.3 FM. It's the brink on Edge Radio, 99.3 FM. Um, You've got Dakota with you. Uh, Ben has... Ben has actually left the studio in a array of tears. It was quite a sad moment. He he comes up to me, he puts his his hand on my shoulder and says, Dakota, the brink is yours. I can't take it anymore. Chavril have split up and... With his face all wet, and he walks out, and I watched him get in his car, and he drove off. It was, it was quite, quite, quite a depressing moment. But um, now he's just stuck with me. It's all right. So it's um, I've decided that in honour of Ben Waterworth, our good friend, um, we're going to participate in everyone's favourite game show. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Alright, so in also honour of Chavril splitting up, we're going to well, I'm going to sing um, Complicated by Avril Lavigne. Um, so it's really sad that Ben's not here, but... All right, let's get into it. Let's go. Hi, Dakota. Whoa, Ben! <laughs> what? I just thought I'd just pop up. I heard you say you were going to tribute to Chavril, so... Where? I just there's, How did there's, you... there's a back door. You don't know where it is. There's wow. No one in Edge knows where it is. Actually, I created it, so, yeah. Wow. Snuck up through the floor, so... Look, I've pulled myself Sweet. together. Yes, um, but I saw you... I watched you drive off. I did. Um, I just ducked off to Canada quickly just to, um, you know, get the vibe of the country. And, um, look, you know, it's not it's not good. 
Yeah. Um, it's it's really not good right now in Canada. You've, no. They're, they're in mourning. Yeah, you've, um, you've, you've wiped the tears off your face. Yeah, look, I'm in mourning. Oh, it is mourning and I'm in mourning. Yes, we're, we're, all, we're all happy to have you back. Thank you. Thank you, Dakota. Yes. It means a lot. Yes, it, it really means I'm a lot. Glad the show is not mine anymore. And those of you playing at home, just no, I actually literally did walk out of the studio, and that wasn't planned at the time. So Dakota literally shit himself. He's like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" And uh, as you heard, I had a bit of fun with it. And we might play a little bit uh, later on in our forget the lyrics recap, something slightly, I guess, related to what you just heard there. <laughs> Very lucky on one of our sister shows during the week to get the pleasure to interview uh, Hollywood icon uh, Joey Slotnick. Now, you may not be familiar with the name itself, but Joey Slotnick is a, an everyman. He's an actor who's been in so many things, and we're covering a few of his uh, works, actually, on the Oz Network. Recently did a recap on Twister, which he appears in, about to do uh, Blast from the Past, which he appears in, and we're also about to do the TV show Nip Tuck, which he also appears in. So uh, we spoke to him about his career, great uh, lengthy chat, which you can download now via the Oz Network, of course. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, find it at theoznetwork.net or on Facebook and Twitter. Just have to put the plug out there. thought we'd play a slight little snippet involving uh, one of our favourite uh, topics that we used to talk a lot about on the brink, that being Kevin Bacon. Funny you mentioned Apollo 13 because I had this really warped question, Joey, and I feel like it's almost appropriate now that I can actually ask this question because... Is it the Kevin Bacon question? It's ve- Well, it's similar. It's on that page because obviously the three main stars of Apollo 13, Kevin Bacon, Bill Paxton, and Tom Hanks, you've been in movies well, with yeah, each I've of them. I've worked with all of you them. So, I was thinking, did you, after Hollow Man, did you sit down and think, wow, there we go, bucket list, I've worked with all three from Apollo 13, or you just realised that now, basically? Uh, uh, I'm just realizing that now, thanks to you guys. Well, there you go. I mean, if, You're you know, if it wasn't for the show, I, that would have, I would have never, never even realized that. That's really funny. So maybe it should be six degrees of, of slot. Mm. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I think that's more appropriate as we're going back to a saying, like you've basically I mean, in everything we're covering. So, hey, we're, we can replace that if you want. That's so funny. <laughs> that is so funny. I've run into Tom Hanks a number of times. Um, since a league of their own and he's always so nice and like hey you know how are you and just really like a good a good guy so that's kind of anyway that's neither neither here nor there (laughs) hey we're we're always down for tom hanks stories why not (laughs) my daughter is not wanting to nap that's I was about to say, is that Tom Hanks just joining us in the background? Or? <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks is crying in his in his uh, in his stroller right now, trying to calm him down. Now we, we've got a couple of TV shows that we want to talk to you about that you've been involved in, but what? Just really quickly, uh, when, when we brought up Kevin Bacon, obviously you're in Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. I'm a huge Kevin Bacon fan, Joey, but the one thing I need to ask you about him, what was it like being killed by Kevin Bacon? Because um, you did get kind of killed by him in Hollow Man. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it's funny. When we were on the set, we had, um, he had to wear some ridiculous outfits because of all the special effects. And there's one, <laughs> there's one very funny, I think I have it on, you guys can check it out, I have a... Uh, a website, which I, I probably have to update, but it's like, it's, it's on there. There's, there's a clip on there of, so, so Kevin is in this hilarious, like head to toe green leotard, skin tight green leotard with uh, a green, like makeup on his face and, you know, kind of running around when the director is showing me uh, how he wants me killed, how he wants me to die with the, 
know that it's like the, the crowbar goes through my chest and then out the back and <laughs> it's very funny and so i think a clip of that video is on my website wow we, we we need to we need to, we need to share that. I I need to see how that transition goes, particularly with it's, Kevin Bacon running really around funny. in green suits. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of see him in the background. It's very funny, and he's kind of looking at the camera like, "Oh my god, it's, it's very funny." <laughs> um, I think it's like Joey Dash Slotnik dot com, maybe. Joey, I think Dash. that's how often I go to it. Uh, clearly, I was going to say, you, obviously, it's something that you share. It's on your, it's on your business card that you hand out. Um, <laughs> it's my website. I can't remember what it actually um, is, but, but it's I there. <laughs> but there's a little clip there uh, from Hollow Man. I think it's like behind the scenes, but it's definitely worth checking out. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's funny. Uh, he, yeah. It was great to work with Kevin. I mean, that's what we, of course, obviously assumed. It is always great to work with Kevin, but we just had to put that little bit in there for you to enjoy. And as I mentioned, download the full interview via the Oz Network. You will love every single second of it. Another week, another time to bring back the world's favouritest 15-year-old, Dakota Leary. Sup, Dakota? Um, not a lot, but I'm, 15, I'm eight, uh, 18. Yeah, do you, that's what I am. Do you know how old you are? You kind of don't know. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. I've lost all, like, <laughs> ability of time stuff. Thing. Cool. That's um, you know, a good thing. I've actually, I've actually been listening to a lot of our best of clips from uh, you know, when you were on the show. I don't know again what that says about me if I listen uh, to shows of myself, but yeah. it's actually it's funny. Back in the day when you were fifteen and hearing you develop into a non-fifteen-year-old, and to this day you're still always fifteen to us. Yeah. Well, I don't know what, what was my development like as a. You you grew a pair of boobs. Your balls dropped. Uh, you got pubic hair. You can, <laughs> I you assume, mate. You can tell that from just listening to our best of. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's very. Your voice is very um, emotive. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I can pinpoint the exact moment. Oh, Dakota got a pube at that point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, that was the day. Oh, oh, the day that Dakota oh, grew a pube. You uh, shed a tear. Shed, shed a t- you, uh, uh, that doesn't sound right. Shed a tear. Shed a tear? Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know. Uh, we're, we're talking English. about pubes and worrying about our grammar. Uh, I don't think that's one of those moments where it's like, you must have proper grammar talking about pubic hair. I Look, <laughs> I don't know. I suppose you need proper grammar whenever you're talking. I don't know. Well, it depends. Um, you know, we host a very professional podcast, don't we, Dakota? But so. then at the same time, it's like, oh, I'm on an like I'm on an aeroplane, and like, oh, <laughs> I have a selection of cheeses. Like, hello, sir. <laughs> would you? Hello, sir. Would you like um, creamy brie or tasty cheddar cheese? Oh, why don't you just ask me if I want some cheese? What? Yeah, I have no too. idea what you're talking or about like, right oh, now. Why are you, you on a plane with cheese? Would you like a beverage, sir? No, you just ask me if I want a drink. Don't even. You don't have to. Would you like a complimentary rah rah bloody <laughs> poshy crap? I don't know. You've lost it. I think you've officially <laughs> lost it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I made that connection, but I made the connection. So I don't know. yeah, apparently, apparently, yeah. you just make things up and randomly. It's it's you standing at that door. You just won't come I'm in the black there. door. Come was, in the door, Dakota. I need to get a picture of myself inside the actual building. <laughs> Can you do make that? It, I will. Yeah. It's Hamez's house, didn't you say it was? Yeah, um, no, it's where he works. Oh well, he's worked. Like again, people who may not no idea what we're talking about. Dakota's Skype profile picture is literally him standing at a door. So I want you yeah. to go back 
to his work and be like, Sup, Hamez, how you doing? I need you to take a photo of me inside yeah. the door. I'll do it. How I'll did just, that even I'll... happen? Did you knock on the door and straight away he just takes a photo of you? Or did you say to him, take a photo of me standing at the door? No, he just took a photo of me. <laughs> and you thought, this is a good profile picture of a Skype. Why not? It was it was hell creepy. I don't know. It was <laughs> terrifying. Um, it's, I mean, you've got uh, an interesting facial expression. Like, he's kind of a bit blurry, but you kind of look... You look a bit proud to be at the door. You're like, yeah, I'm in a door. <laughs> um, I think it's actually meant to be like, uh, what are you taking a photo of me for? <laughs> I, I know to do that next time I pick you up or something like that, to take a picture of you and you're going to exactly use that phrase. What are you taking a photo for, you idiot? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, I'll take a different picture each week and then just like... <laughs> different doors. Like Decoding the doors of Hobart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are. It'd be great. It'd be awesome. I'll get an Instagram page. Like, well, Dakota, you, you know that, like, uh, what is it, People of New York page that take off? Like, Dakota and the Doors of Hobart. Like, it would oh, it would go viral. Yeah. It'd be awesome. What have you got? You've got rip, nip slash tuck, bloody Nip what? tuck. Nip tuck at the TV show, Dakota. Have you not heard of nip oh, tuck? No. You fucking nerd. You can't. Wow, that hurts my feelings. Um, you need to I bet. you need to watch it. Like, uh, listen to the Oz Network available via iTunes There's as we do our so Nip Tuck retrospective. It's a great I, show that I need to watch. Don't uh, don't comment that until you watch it. It's it's got uh, sex in it. It's, you like sex? You're 15, right? You know. Um, yeah. Okay. Game of Thrones has sex in it too. Yeah, but Game of Thrones is just over the top sex. You, so you know what else porn. has sex in it? Pornhub. I can just go on Pornhub. <laughs> is that your like... favourite porn website, Dakota? <laughs> Um, as a matter of, well, it's not, but... No, what is your favourite? Here we go, here's a discussion point. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Mine's xnxx.com, that's my favourite. Ah, uh, that is actually quite a good one. It's a good one, isn't it? It's got some good stuff yeah. on there. Um, yeah. Just, if it's, you're listening, email yeah. us in. What is your favourite porn streaming yeah, website? Yeah. <laughs> it's... Let's let's move off porn now. Why not? You know we don't we don't. Oh, okay, all right. Talk about... What's your porn video then? What do you watch? What do you like? Oh, I like this one with a donkey in it. It's pretty good. Uh... <laughs> now we're overstepping yeah. the line. Um, I think. It's... Oh yeah. Do you think it's perfect time for me to play a clip and for us to get a certain uh, way? And this is a really bad segue re- talking about I porn. It is. Uh, let's uh... let's press this. Ben and Dakota get angry. Ah! Angry. I'm glad it's not uh, Ben and Dakota get so horny angry. because that's a different segment. Um, um, is it? Well, I hope we're not doing that segment again. I'm, I'm changing radio shows if we do that. I, so. Again, I didn't know we did it. <laughs> Everyone gets horny, Dakota, uh, particularly 15 year olds. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't get horny talking to you. That's not a thing. Oh, that really? Everyone else does. Not usually. No. <laughs> but it's happened before. <laughs> uh, look. I won't comment on that. Oh, like, I'm honoured, Dakota. I'm honoured. You know, sometimes, sometimes it just happens. Like, you know what makes me angry? You can't control what. When Dakota doesn't get horny all the time when he's talking to me. I'm an attractive person. Get horny more often. <laughs> um, I give up on... Yeah. Uh, wow, you're so good at this segment now. Two weeks in uh, a row. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? Driving. Well, specifically other people's driving. They can't do it. They just don't know how to drive. I have people cutting me off. I've got people... I had a dude, like, like you know, slip lanes? Mm-hmm. And, like, the slip lane ends. He was, like, a kilometre behind me, and he just went straight down, like, 
like the side of the road to just to overtake me. Like a kilometer behind you. That's a pretty bloody yeah. big long oh. slip lane. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? When pedestrians don't cross when their lights green and they cross when their lights red and my lights green. I almost punched someone in the face today. <laughs> I drove. He was like some bogan kid, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna cross the road when you're driving past, you idiot, because I'm a bogan." And then, like, I'm like, "What are you doing, you fucking idiot?" And put my hand out and almost whacked him in the face as I drove past. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> you know what makes me angry, even though I'm laughing. What? <laughs> what? Um, Josh Thomas, he's not funny. Get off my TV. You still are off my TV. That's good, but you're not funny. <laughs> No, Josh Thomas is good. You know what makes me angry, Ben? What? Noobs online when you're playing games. They can't play and they just say, oh, I'm going to be a dickhead. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? Noobs online playing Grand Theft uh, Auto. I'm one of them. Yes. And I like oh, to just walk around uh, San Andreas just chilling and doing my thing. And then I just want to meet people and drive around with them. But they always shoot me. Stop shooting me. I'm a citizen. No, that's not how Grand Theft Auto works. Yeah, I don't think you understand. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? Not understanding how Grand Theft Auto works. Uh, I actually well, do, but I just... You need, you need to just watch, watch, some, uh, watch some videos online. And... Watch some videos online. And, you know yeah. what makes me angry? Dakota what? getting interrupted wanting his tea, but he's just ignoring his grandma. <laughs> Go have your I dinner. Like getting, I don't like getting interrupted either. <laughs> Get your nan on. I want to talk to your nan. No, it's okay. What's for dinner? It's Potato right. gems? Um, uh, rice and chicken, I think. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, I'm not angry. Um, you're looking forward to your rice and chicken. Why would you be angry? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know what makes me satisfied? Rice and chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. Yeah. We've done that now. All right. That's a new segment coming next week. You know what makes me satisfied? You know what makes me satisfied? Yeah. You know what makes me satisfied? XNXX.com. It's got some good videos. <laughs> Ooh, he's not laughing. I pushed a, pushed a barrier there. <laughs> you know what makes me satisfied? What? Actually, there's a good one. There's something called, um, called Beautiful Agony. It's quite good. It's... <laughs> Is that the name of your rice? Yes, what What's going on with no, Beautiful Agony? No. Oh, no, I, still, I thought we were talking about porn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you just got literally both our listeners googling beautiful agony. Uh, I hope so. As, as long as you didn't say, you know what really gets me satisfied? Two girls, one cup. What a video. Uh, I've seen that. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I, I think everyone's seen that now, Dakota. That's no shock value. Uh, <laughs> it's quite an interesting video. Yeah. The worst ever segment of, you know what makes me angry, Ben and Dakota. What is it called? Ben and Dakota Gang. It's not called, you know what makes me angry. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the segments on this show. What the fuck's going on? I'm thinking of your chicken and rice. Oh, uh, no, same. <laughs> well, look, I'm going to let you go eat your chicken and rice. It's always fun. We will have you back next week. Dakota Learrington, enjoy being 15. See ya. As a well-respected and well-listened to podcast we always like to keep our promises and that also involves hunting the paddocks here at Simmons Plains for a man who is used to hunting people in paddocks in Simmons Plains it is the one, the only Mr. Sergeant Porcupine Sarge Welcome. Yeah, what do you want? You're, You're always so polite to me whenever I introduce you now, why can't you ever just say hello like a normal person? Well, well 
because you, you waste my time, man. That's what you do. You waste my time. Well, you, you kind of find us at the same time as well, Sarge. I mean, you know, it's not always us, you know. Like, I mean, you don't have to talk to us. You do realise that. You are a busy man. Well, I'm, I'm a nice person, man. That's what <laughs> I do. It's often not something I hear you described as. but very, um, very generous man. So what are you doing here at Simmons? You just you got the taste of uh, cars at Albert Park the other week, so you thought you would uh, come along here and uh, give a bit of a... Give a bit of a crack at the supercars at Simmons. Well, this is my first time, Ben. When I went to the Grand Prix the other week, I didn't stay for the racing. No. Well, what did, what did you do? You were you were very keen in the off-track activities. You arrested a lot of Ferrari fans from memory, didn't you? Well, I was waiting too long for the car, so I just went home. <laughs> you went home? I did. Flew back to Tassie, did you? Just, I did. Just flew back. I mean, of course, you flying is just you swimming, basically, because, I mean, you can swim back straight in five minutes, can't you? Well, I don't know, Ben, but... I'm a, I'm a newbie to all this. I've never I've never been before. Well, well you're walking around in the paddock right now. As what do you mean? What do you mean we walk around in a paddock? This is not a paddock. Well, this is what they call well, it no. in motorsports, Sarge. You know, no, we've got hard surfaces under our feet, Ben. <laughs> it's as it's a it's a bitumen. It's like a road, Ben. Did you just call me a bitch? No, bitumen. Oh, bitumen. Right. Okay. Well, this is uh, to to educate you. Then they like to call this area in a in a motorsport facility the paddock. So this is generally what it's called. There's some of your colleagues about to walk past us here, Sarge. Do you want to say hello to the, the police at all? No? No? You're a bit, you're a bit shy away there from your, from your, from your police colleagues there, Sarge. You have a bit of a falling out, did you, with them? Oh, they're, they're, uh, they're only uh, constables, Ben. What did you just say there, Sarge? Uh, constables. Uh, say that first part again. I'm like an inspector. Right, okay. Inspector Sarge. Oh, well, if this is a paddock, Ben, yes, yes. Well, where are all the sheep? Um, well, Shane Van Gisbergen's around here somewhere. Uh, All oh, right, and who's he? Uh, he's he's the uh, reigning champion, Sarge. He's the reigning uh, supercars champion. He's from New Zealand. New Zealand? Yes. Is that is that a real place, is it? Apparently. They, they like to think so. So <laughs> I'm not All too right. sure. But uh, I mean, so you're not arresting anyone here, Sarge? We, we can just have, hover around here if you want. Just to, You can observe. Observe. There's a V in there. Uh, I mean, just looking around here, so, uh, comparing them to the Ferrari fans, how how would you think? Would you arrest any of them, or they look a bit more classy? Yes, I mean, what would well, you think? Ferrari uh, apparently like the Collingwood of Formula One, Ben. I, I, well, if, if they're the Collingwood of Formula One, I think half of these fans here are the Collingwood of uh, motorsport, because, I mean, you know, Ferrari's a little bit classier than the V8, Sarge, let's be honest. Yeah, well, well I, I don't know what you're talking about there, Ben. Well, I've got to ask you a question. Serious world issues have happened during the week. You know, stuff happening over in Syria. Donald Trump getting his uh, finger on the button. Uh, I mean... Donald you, Trump, all right. Who's he? We, we've talked about this before, Sarge. He's the President of the United States of America. You know, that country over to the right of Australia across the Pacific Ocean? All right, and is that a real country? Uh, very much so. Is uh, it? So I, I didn't know if you had any opinions on what we should do in Syria. Do you want to arrest the entire nation of Syria, or do you want to arrest Donald Trump? Cereal? Well, Syria, oh. Sarge. What's he doing to my to cereal? People cereal. Yeah, he doesn't like people who eat cereal. He often bombs right? them. Yes, yes. He's a he's a consistent bomber when it comes to. Uh, he's dropping bombs in people's cereal. Is yeah, he? Yeah, he's very much anti cereal. What sort of bombs are we talking about? Oh, you know, just the ones that make big explosions and destroy your wheat picks. Big explosions. Yeah, you look like a big actually, explosions man. Actually, on the way up to the track this morning, Ben, I actually. Stopped in a place called Ross. Oh, you right. heard of that? Uh, yeah, I, I believe he's friends with Chandler, Joey, Monica, Rachel, Phoebe. No, I don't know what you're talking about there, Ben. But anyway, I went into this building, right? Okay. 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 They have buildings in Ross. No, I went around. This building had uh, sinks and other oh, sort of things. Right. Okay. Sounds a bit. And sus. I went into this even smaller room within this building. Mm-hmm. Shut the door. It had a funny little lock on it. Yep. 
And I sat down on this uh, bowl-like contraption. Uh, I think that's a toilet. Had a funny seat. But toilet. the seat, right, the, the seat didn't have, like, a proper base in it. Had a big hole in the middle. And I sat on it, and uh, and something and something came out of my um, behind. It's never happened before. Can I, can I ask... Is that a bomb? Can I ask you a question, Sarge? It's been about uh, two and a bit years since we had the brink actually on air. You seem to have become extremely stupid since you were actually on radio. You, you honestly seem to have lost all intelligence. You calling me unintelligent? I am calling you unintelligent. I'm going to admit that right here on this podcast because you, you seem to question everything. If you don't know the simple, basic human physiology of doing a poo, then I really question. Is that you. what it was? Yes, yes. Have you never done a poo in all your years on this earth before? Well, actually, I, I have. Yeah. I vaguely remember one of our very infamous episodes. You saying that you did a poo. So. Oh uh, well. You're just being cheeky. Are you being cheeky, Sarge? That's what you used to say to me. I'm letting you astray, Ben. You are. So you do know who Donald Trump is? Uh, Trump, uh, like a Stewie. Stewie, how would you explain Donald Trump to the Sarge? Uh, like a, well, like a big orange, like a big orange talks that talks, and thinks talks. he knows things like, I got the. He says things like this: I got the best words. I've had an Ivy League education, and I just sold a house to someone from China. Literally sounds like that. Really sounds like an interesting fella. And actually, speaking of interesting fellas, have you met have you met Fifey, James Fifey? He didn't know who you were on the car. Oh, he's I scared of the microphone again. He's and running away from me. But who's he? Met, this is James. Meet the Sarge. Well, meet the Sarge right now. Sarge, have you, have you met the Sarge? My goodness, Captain Sarge. My goodness, you'll never know what I, you'll never guess what I just saw. A James, is it? That's right, mate. Yeah, I just saw a man with a ponytail. Can you believe that? <laughs> I believe it now. Man. Are you going to arrest him? Are you going to well, arrest me? Yeah, I'm going to arrest gonna, me. I'm actually. I'm actually thinking about grabbing his ponytail and swinging him about above my head. <laughs> hey, hey, James, just while you're here, what do you think of the Collingwood Football Club? I think they're bloody crap house, mate. Did you hear that, Sarge? Did you hear what he just called your beloved Collingwood Magpies? Well, I hope nothing bad, I hope. But do you know what I just saw, Ben? What did you see, Sarge? I saw a man with about 50 ponytails on his head. 50 ponytails? Yeah, what why do they call those? Uh, uh, I don't know. What's a collection like of ponytails? Like a surfer. Like a surfer. A, an idiot. A man uh, bun. A hipster. A wanker. Uh, what, I don't know. What would you call that? Uh, Arrestable. Dreadlocks? Dread- Is that what they got? Dreadlocks. <laughs> 50 ponytails. Ridiculous. James, this is what you have to do with the Sarge. You just nod and smile and pretend you actually care about what he's talking about. What's that? Exactly. Good, good, good answer. Sarge, uh, thank you for your company. It's always interesting. Uh, I don't know if we'll talk to you again because seriously, you're giving me the shits right now because I think you're just uh, crossing the line between stupidity and uh, taking the piss out of me. And after all these years, I feel like standing up to you. So um, thanks for your wasting complete... Thanks for wasting complete... I can't speak. You're making me that angry. Fuck off. Uh, he's gone. He's gone, Ben. Wow, Sam, yeah. you popped out of nowhere. He's gone. I think I really irked him there. What was yeah. that? He's gone. He's okay. gone. All right. Speaking of gone, um, our listeners have gone again. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if the Sarge will ever be back. Uh, yeah, you, you'll never forget. You just listen to that. Moving on. Would be an episode of The Brink. If we didn't get to speak to this man. It's Mr. Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to another week. Yeah, good to be here. I'm just crunching away on some peanut butter toast. Is it is it good peanut butter toast? It is. It's crunchy. I was going to say yeah. crunchy or smooth. What's your, what's your poison? I go the crunchy. Mm. I noticed there was a big sale on like the light peanut butter, but it's like 
it's peanut butter. You can't. There's no option for light. That's not peanut butter anymore. Now it's is that is that one of those sneaky ones? Wasn't there a company a few years ago that got caught out by saying light was? They actually made their packaging lighter, and it actually had no difference to the overall content of like fat. And they actually yeah. were technically right. They didn't get into trouble because it's like, well, we said light. Technically, our package is lighter, so we're not actually false advertising, even though they're misleading consumers. <laughs> yeah, well, I think a lot of consumer law comes down to semantics like that so if you can get away with a little thing of just saying light and implying something different than what is usually implied by light on packaging (laughs) yeah you'd be fine but yeah that's really (laughs) that's actually kind of funny when you think it's light it would actually weigh less yeah yeah it's no we're not lying Uh, (laughs) we didn't say low fat we said light like there's a difference people (laughs) they started started doing that with beer you'd just be like light beer it's actually just a 375 mil rather than a pint or whatever Yes, all, all those com- like what are the the companies now that isn't it like Allen's lollies? They make them like a little bit smaller, but they don't charge you any less. And then they they come yeah. out and say, "Oh, but costs are you know getting more, so we need to produce this." Yet they still charge people the same amount for a smaller product. I mean, what is with that? Yeah, that's I guess you just call it inflation. I guess, but it's really it's annoying because all of your portion sizes are way way smaller now, and you have to buy two of everything. Mm-hmm. It's like the- I remember the continent like. Not, this is going to sound very, very lowbrow here. <laughs> those continental uh, pasta sauces, yep, yep. Thing, pasta dish things that you get and you, when you're lazy and you'll have one or whatever, those used to be massive mm-hmm. and they're tiny now. They weigh nothing and I have to have two of them to have an actual meal with like <laughs> corn and bean and stuff all in there as well. And I remember when I was a kid, you used to have one. I was like, this is so much food here. But now it's it's nothing. Yep. The, the ones that annoy me, the two ones that annoy me the most, McDonald's cheeseburgers have shrunk over time. And that annoys the shit out of me because I love my McDonald's cheeseburgers. And also, um, is it Cotty's Cordial? They have this stupid thing now where they're like, oh, it's double the concentrate. So you don't need as much. That's bullshit, man. Like I put a shitload of cereal, uh, syrup in my Cordial and you still need the same amount. And you're paying like more for a tiny little bottle. Fuck you, Cotty. Yeah. <laughs> Such a scam. It's supposed to be twice the concentrate as well, isn't it? It's yeah, not- it's meant to be so you use like half the amount, yet you mm. don't like it's 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 I think they do that with um laundry detergent now too, don't they? Yeah, like, oh it's yeah. it's double concentrate, you don't need as much. It's bullshit, you still do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're getting angry over products. We're here to talk about other things. Uh, Donald Trump is what we always yeah. talk about. Something else to get angry about, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Dakota and I get angry in these episodes. Now it's Paul and Ben get angry. Um, what's happening with the Donald this week, Paul? I mean, that sort of seems like a pretty open-ended question. Uh, there's always plenty to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, the main thing that stands out to me is that Steve Bannon. His, uh, is it his press advisor or whatever? M- the- Melissa McCarthy, wasn't it? Or- <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Sh- oh, Sean Spicer. Yeah. Oh, right. Wrong one. Damn it. Sorry. I was getting excited. <laughs> future stroke victim, Sean Spicer. <laughs> I, do, I do love how John Oliver introduces him every single week on Last Week Tonight. It's like, yeah, oh, I, and I, he's press secretary I, and star of Bridesmaids. <laughs> yeah. I kind of uh, I feel sorry for Sean Spicer a little bit because he does have... The hardest job in the world, I think, right now. It's defending Donald Trump no matter what and not being able to admit fault at all. Just has to have that brave face. He is a bit of a twat as well, but I can understand his head is 
about to explode at any moment, I, I imagine. I can't imagine he goes <laughs> home each night and it's just like, you know, people like come home, take the shoes off. Oh, honey, how was your day? Oh, pretty tough. <laughs> he just walks through the door and is just like, fuck everyone, fuck the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Um, st- yeah, but Steve Bannon, the guy from Breitbart, so the, mm-hmm. the uh, neo-Nazi, all it's maybe a bit harsh to say neo-Nazi, but I think he probably is. Um <laughs> The super, super alt-right-wing um, guy, the Breitbart News, the fake news, basically, He's the, he runs that and he was uh, he's some kind of advisor to Trump. He's been fired and that's a very good thing, I think, because you probably don't want someone like that having that much influence over um, the most powerful man in the world. Mm. Um, Vladimir Putin excused, obviously. <laughs> uh, Vladimir, if you're so listening, just, hello. <laughs> I guess they're still looking into the Russian connections and everything, um, but yeah, it's it's just uh, it's. It, I think it's becoming more and more clear that Trump is probably at some stage going to excuse himself. I think from or he's going to slip up somewhere and get himself put in jail or something because these are these are really really uh, high crimes. I guess it's. I mean, the one that really kind of got. Me this week, I was sitting watching the news with my dad and, you know, they had the, the terrible uh, situation in, in Syria with the, the attacks and just the, the horrible yeah. things that happened this week there. And during this report, they're basically talking about the US response to which mm-hmm. their only ref- point of reference is that Donald Trump is not doing anything. He's just blaming Barack Obama for this. Now, th- this dad and I just turned to each other and we're just like, what a, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, this isn't the point. Where you, I mean, this is, I guess, what people were afraid of, weren't they? It's kind of like, look, he can say one thing, he can do all this sort of stuff, but when it comes to like a major event like this, this isn't the point where you get there and you lay the blame game on your predecessor or you turn this into something else. Like, this is the part where you need to take a stand and do something. You know, that's what you're meant to be there for, and particularly in America's role, I guess, in in policing the world or whatever you want to call it. But. I mean, how how can anyone in their right mind, when such a tragedy happens like that, blame someone who came before them? I mean, that's just not right. Yeah, exactly. I think that when you elect someone who is just a complete bullshit artist, he kind of you should understand that he's not going to do anything because all he is really concerned with is just perception and whatever, and and basically just playing identity politics and whatever, and and slinging shit at his opposition to make himself look better. So, yeah, if you, if you count on him to do something, you're probably going to be disappointed there. And, yeah, in, in an instant like, instance like that, you need to be able to overcome your ego a little bit, put that aside and then understand, yes, people have died. You should probably, um, I don't know, be respectful and try and um, console them a little bit and say and, and, and at least, I don't know, try and get at the problem somehow rather than just going on with your own things and trying to win political points and whatever. One thing I have to say, though, throughout this whole presidency, and, you know, it seems to be a common theme in the last few weeks especially, that Trump just really is bashing Obama for everything that happened beforehand. Obama just is sitting back. He's not saying anything. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's handling it well. He's enjoying citizen life, I guess, out there. I mean, I'm, you know, is, is he just going to snap one day? Is Obama just going to be on TV or on Twitter and just be like, that is bullshit, Donald? Donald, shut up, Donald, or is Obama just too cool to do that? 
I think Obama's too cool to do that. I think that he knows what what the truth is and whatever. And I think that most people, or a lot of people, are wising up to it. It's just a tactic by Trump to to have lo- basically start people off with low expectations. If you're starting in a place where oh the, the America's in such a shitty position, we're so terrible now. Obama left us in a mess. Then it doesn't look so bad when they're in a mess when he's out of office or, or whatever. Um, but I mean, you look at all of the all the stats and whatever, and unemployment rates and whatever, and they were at a, they were an all time low at the end of Obama's um, <clears throat> administration. Not an all time, but low for a long time. Mm. Um, and then yeah, the economy was getting back on track after the global financial crisis. So I think everyone not aligned with the right would um, probably say that Obama got them back into a pretty good position. Well, the one one thing I'm just looking here is um, obviously a a big thing with any president, uh, new president really, is their first 100 days. They always have that, you know, big plan. What what are we going to do? And it's not just a president thing. They do it in Australian politics, any real politics. I'm sure they do it in the Azerbaijan political scheme. But um, his 100 day is coming up. April 29th is 100 days of Donald Trump's presidency. It does not seem like it's been that short. It seems like we've been here for a lot longer already. Um, How, (laughs) I guess we're jumping the gun. It's still a couple of weeks away. But I'm guessing we're going to be saying not that successful. No, no. Well, his major thing that is trying to repeal Obamacare and replace it, and that didn't happen. Um, he had a lot of other promises that haven't come to. Well, what are some other of his major political, his campaign promises? The wall. I, mean, I guess uh... everything's been dominated by the Obamacare <laughs> yep. repealing, and that's just an absolute failure. Um, I think he hasn't even appointed all of his. Um, uh, what's is it senators or oh, you don't appoint his senators, cabinet but people? His cab- I don't think he's appointed all of them, so that's going to clog up time and delay the process of passing legislation as well. So I think that, hmm, yeah, I, I reckon you probably give him an F at the moment. Yeah, well, that- they don't give Fs anymore. You give him an E. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you're, you're training to be a teacher, Paul. Do people even give E's? Like, I, I don't even, you always see D's and F's. What would happen to E in that situation? <laughs> I guess it's usually just when you haven't submitted any work at all. Oh, F or, or fail. Or okay. shown any, it's, yeah, it's not really, I get, yeah, E, it's pro, and you're operating at probably a really super low level. I guess people are trying to avoid an E just to try and prevent people from being, you know, labelled as, like a no-hoper or whatever. So it would basically be a really, when someone hasn't given any effort whatsoever, hasn't um, put in any work, you'd probably give them an E. So basically Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's been too busy out playing golf. So, uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I hear he's playing the Masters uh, this weekend. Oh, is he? <laughs> probably. Jeez, <that> expensive. <laughs> he probably rocks up. Fake golfers, not real players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was... tremendous golf course. But take, take golf. I am the best golfer. Uh, but... Never seen anyone like me. <laughs> Jeez, you have a massive. You'd have to have a huge posse surrounding him to um, try and you know secure the area. Yes. It would be 
ridiculously expensive. Oh, you um, wouldn't put it past him, though. Uh, one thing, we've already talked about this episode. We obviously had our uh, the return of Nokchista over on the Dutch New Zealand. Um, but we joked we joked last week, Paul, about our, our new favourite politician, the one that we didn't even know was a Prime Minister, Billy English, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, the 39th Prime Minister of New Zealand, came into office only a few months ago. And funnily enough, since we talked about him, he's made world news. Um, he has Facebooked during the week that he's cooked dinner for his family and put tin spaghetti on his pizza. Now, this has actually created global headlines. He's been spoken about as far as Jimmy Kimmel, who is basically <laughs> saying he needs to be impeached for such a travesty, and everybody is losing their minds over the fact he's put tin spaghetti on his pizza. What the hell is with this man? That is the weirdest thing. And my first concern is they mustn't be paying the politicians in New Zealand enough money if that's what they have for dinner. <laughs> Tin spaghetti, that's like, what, a dollar a can or something? Yes. Jeez. Something Look like after that. Your family, Look after your family a little bit better. That's not, not good. <laughs> and, and tin spaghetti on... Ah, oh, it's... Did he put cheese on top? What's he, what's going on there, here? This is... I'm looking at the picture here. There, there, I mean, it... It sort of looks like there's cheese, there's there's pineapple, there's ham. I mean, oh. if, if, if there's not cheese on this, then that's even more of a travesty. Screw the spaghetti. It's Why isn't there cheese on your pizza, Bill English? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, it, it just doesn't sound like a good combination with pineapple and spaghetti sauce. I mean, pineapple, people, people bash pineapple on pizza. It's, it's, it's a good thing. I, I don't mind it. I love it. I love pineapple on pizza. Yeah, I, I, I like it. But I think pineapple with spaghetti is a, <laughs> a bridge too far for me. The thing that's the, the weirdest thing about this is is the fact that um, in talking to Nick, we I think we loosely mentioned it in our segment already on this show, but actually what's happened in New Zealand this week, they're getting the, the leftovers from Cyclone Debbie. So they're actually getting lashed pretty badly. They've had flooding. They've had terrible storms over there. Their towns and major cities. Cities have been put on high alert for some pretty shit weather, thanks to Australia. And that's not even making the news. It's like, oh, well, who cares? They're flooding. Meanwhile, their Prime Minister is putting spaghetti on their pizza. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Priorities of yeah. New Zealand news in, in global in the global sense of things. Yeah. Well, that's that's the nature of social media. It's going to get more likes than the other one, isn't I, it? I'm, oh, I'm calling this. He's going to be on John Oliver. This, like, I mean, we've seen New Zealand basically, you know, be on there when it comes to dildos being thrown at politicians and the flag debate and everything. I've been watching a lot of John Oliver recently. That's why I think I'm bringing yeah, that up. Yeah, so. I, I watch But um, I, I, I think we talked to Nick about this. We said this is the only reason I feel he's done this. Is like New, New Zealand politics hasn't been in the news that much lately. Let's put some ton spaghetti on our pizza. We'll make John Oliver again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. We haven't seen Malcolm Turnbull on there. They don't, I don't think he's doing the... No, uh, Malcolm's uh, too... To, World leaders. Yeah, it's only really getting hung up, basically, on by Donald Trump. I mean, when you've got Donald Trump in control, you don't really have much else to talk about, do you? Oh, yeah, the guy's a goldmine <laughs> yeah. for late-night television. Uh, just quickly, I'm just looking here at Bill English. Uh, on, on, he's got here a list of his children. Now, for somebody who looks to be as classless as putting spaghetti on his pizza, he sounds actually quite posh. Uh, these yep. are the names of his children. Rory, Bartholomew... Maria, Luke, Thomas, and Xavier. Uh, like, who calls their kid Bartholomew? Particularly in New Zealand. That's for somebody who's putting spaghetti on his pizza. He's either trying to overcompensate for being posh, or is a posh man not knowing how to make pizza because generally he's got the help who does it for him. 
Yeah. Well, his name is William English, William. so he does sound like a uh, a right gentleman. <laughs> um, Bartholomew, you, you basically your kid's going to get called Bart. Yeah. So it's going to get just you know taken down a notch there. I think with Bart. Uh, Bartholomew English, come to dinner. The spaghetti on your pizza is ready. <laughs> yeah. Bart kind of sounds like. When you're about to vomit, yeah, but <laughs> that's a good call. Oh um, goodness, maybe maybe this uh, weekly segment is just going to be what's happening with Donald Trump and Billy English. Uh, Billy English, two opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm hoping. I don't know. I don't know what Billy English's politics are like. Maybe he is very conservative, um, but then again, uh, I can't see uh, someone who takes themselves that seriously conservative putting spaghetti on yep. their pizza. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. We'll see what he does during the week. Paul, always a pleasure, mate, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, it's been good. We brought this guy in a couple of times already on the show, and we're going to bring him in again. We're getting a real international taste uh, to the brink. We've heard from New Zealand. We've heard from uh, Sandy Bay, which is in Tasmania, but hey, whatever. But now we're hearing once again from Canada. It's Colin Hilding. Hello, Colin. Welcome back to the brink. Yay, Canada's back. And for... Anybody who listened to the previous few appearances, I'm so sorry that I'm the best guest Ben can line up this week. It's so Canadian that you have to apologise within like 20 seconds <laughs> of being introduced. I mean, that was just literally the first thing you wanted to do was apologise. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Uh, huge news, Colin, for Canada this week. It is massive, massive news. After more than 30 years on air, I can officially say that Neighbours will be shown on Canadian TV. The, one of the greatest Australian TV shows to have ever been produced. You must be celebrating on the streets of Winnipeg. You're finally getting Neighbours. Yay! And to show you how big the media attention is here regarding Neighbours finally coming to Canada, <laughs> I first heard about this about 90 seconds ago when Ben <laughs> said, oh, there's, you probably haven't heard of this show Neighbours, but maybe we can talk about that. <laughs> Now, so, so you have never heard of Neighbours? You, you don't know what I'm talking about? This is completely... <laughs> I've No, I've definitely heard of the show um, because, I mean, well, Australian actors pretty much exploded over the last 20 years here in North America. And it seems like every time a new Australian actor is coming out, you know, you look at their filmography and you see the show Neighbours pop up. And my brother, who's like the biggest Australian everything fan... <laughs> you know, except for you, he doesn't really listen to your shows. Well, Sorry, to you say, know, but... nobody does. It's fine. <laughs> Even though I'm on, I'm not listen. But uh, yeah, like he's a huge fan of like all Australian actors and stuff like that, and particularly Guy Pierce. And I remember he would always say, "Oh, I really wish I could watch that show Neighbors, like old episodes, so I could see Guy Pierce on it." So was he one, or who are some of the other? Oh, famous look, ones I've got on? a list here. I mean, the, the thing I'll quickly explain. So the two really big soap operas in Australia are Neighbors and Home and Away. They're the, the big two, uh, and, and Neighbors is a little bit older. Uh, I think 1985, if I quickly look here, I should really have this in front of me. Yes, 1985. So basically how it worked is uh, our network here, Channel 7, which you're familiar with uh, through our Olympics podcast, they started this soap opera called Neighbours in 1985. It was doing terribly. They got rid of it. And then a year later, Network 10 said, we'll pick it up. And then it went it went gangbusters. It was huge. It took off, particularly in the UK. The UK really kept Neighbours alive. It is massive over there. So then Channel 7 were like, oh, shit, we fucked up.
fuck, let's start our own soap opera again. They started Home and Away, and then the rest is history. So yeah, pretty much any famous Australian actor has either been on Neighbours and Home and Away. Uh, the big, big ones. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you know who Kylie Minogue is over in Canada. Do you know who Kylie Minogue is? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Kylie yeah, Minogue. Yeah, that really annoying song she has. <laughs> well, I, I love. Highly Australians do anyway. I, I figured you would, <laughs> yes. being the Madonna fan. Yes, thank you. It's my middle-aged gay man uh, club membership. And I automatically <laughs> listen to Kylie Minogue, but she's probably the biggest star to ever come from Neighbours. She was originally an actress in that, and uh, she went on to singing career. Blah blah. Rest is history. Uh, but recently, I guess Margot Robbie. Uh, she was a major character oh, yeah. in Neighbours. I, I, I will say, I never really watch Neighbours. I'm more of a home and away man, but I used to watch Neighbours on and off when I was with Louise because she was a big Neighbours fan. So I remember Margot Robbie's character. So she's the big one recently. Uh, Alan Dale, I'm sure you know who Alan Dale is. He's that, uh, you know, Australian actor who's basically been in everything. Um, but yeah, he was on 24, wasn't he? Yeah, 24, Lost, uh, The OC. I mean, again, he's literally in everything. Everyone Google Alan Dale, you know who I'm talking about. Liam Hemsworth, he was in Neighbours. Chris Hemsworth was in Home and Away. Um, although apparently, according to this list I'm looking, he also was in an episode of Neighbours. I didn't even realise that. He was a major character in Home and Away. Um, <laughs> uh, just Russell Crowe was in Neighbours um, back in 1987. Oh. There you go. <laughs> just growing. Some of these actors, I'm not saying their names because you wouldn't actually know who they are. Guy Pierce, yes, he was in Neighbours. That is correct. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot, but it's, it's airing on, uh, a Canadian channel called out TV, the Canadian LGBTQ oh. channel. Um, yeah, my favorite channel. I, should I, say. I thought so. Um, I thought that definitely would have been one for you there, but, um, I mean, this is, it's kind of cool to think that even after 30 years or 32 years of being on air that, you know, other countries get it. Um, you know, so is your brother excited? Well, is he a big out TV viewer? <laughs> uh, I, I doubt he's heard of this yet. I haven't heard of it. Um, unless it's on one of those paid subscriptions he has for everything Australian right now, but it's kind of surprising to show that big that it's taken this long because we have a lot of international shows here and you know, i remember back uh when i was growing up coronation street you know mm-hmm. i think it's like the big british one yeah. you know that airs on our main canadian network cbc five days a week and it's still i just checked right before we start recording this and it's still airing five days a week here and that's on network tv so it's kind of surprising that it, one that's big you know overseas that they wouldn't air here because we get a lot of these it's, it's, the thing that's interesting with neighbors and home and away is that neighbors is always the big one that always had the big stars but it's really probably been the last five six years that home and away overtook it and neighbors actually got to the point where channel 10 stopped showing it and sent it to one of their smaller digital channels basically whereas home and away is pretty much uh the highest rating regular drama on australian tv and, and it's interesting with home and away they've almost switched focus to less soap opera style storylines and it's more dramatic like they actually have like big blockbuster episodes like oh no the bushfire is taking over the town and oh there's been another plane crash this week you know and they'll bring in special effects and everything but um yeah it's it's definitely a big deal for canada and uh, i'm sure your well, brother will love it <laughs> well my other question is you know because you refer to it as a soap opera and i often wondered if soap operas are the same thing because a lot of Australian men seem to watch these shows. And if it was just you watching it, I would understand. But other men seem to watch it. Whereas here in North America, if you're watching a soap opera, yes. like most women won't admit to watch it. That's like the lonely housewife, you know, yeah. uh, or the lonely cat lady that watches it. But like 
Is it is it different there? All Australian men are lonely cat ladies at heart. Uh, I, I think it was so popular in it. I, I know obviously like Days of Our Lives and all that. They're, they're daytime, so it was, these are aired at night. I mean, Home and Away is weekday nights at seven p.m. It's you know prime time, and it's. I mean, it's interesting because I remember when I used to watch it growing up. I would say I watch Home and Away, and people go, "Oh, really? You watch that? That's that's rubbish." And I think that's kind of going back to what I was saying when it was it was more of a soap opera. Now again, it's kind of still classified as a soap opera, but it's sort of transitioned more into a drama. And I, I'm going to say within the last at least three or four years, it's pretty regular place for most Australians to watch it. It's not even looked down upon anymore. Neighbours would maybe be slightly looked down on just because just Neighbours really has not been popular for a while. It's just still there, but it's just, you know, in the background. Whereas Home and Away, like my mum, for example, she used to like rag on me all the time. Like, why the hell do you watch it? This is garbage. And yet when I moved back home a bit over a year ago, I would, you know, 7 o'clock and mum's like, shh, home and away's on. And I'm like, what are you doing? You don't watch. She's like, shh, home and away's on. <laughs> like, she would be really into it. I will admit, I have stopped watching it in the last 12 months. I kind of was like, I really have better things to do in my life than guarantee myself watching a show every night at 7pm. Um, but I was watching bits and pieces of it on TV the other night and I really still was following on the storylines and I haven't watched it in 12 months. So um, that's kind of what happens in a soap well, opera, right? <laughs> I mean, it's something I'll definitely check out. I'm scrolling through everything on OutTV right now and I'm not really into RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, um, damn. <laughs> or Kitty Kitty 911, which literally what? looks like a show about people's cats. So, calling nine one one, kitty kitty nine one one, like a cat. Oh right, yeah, but like, uh, how? What's nine one one got to do with a kitty though? Like, well, I guess like a cat caught in a tree or something like that. <laughs> like, it's all the demographic, you know. Oh, Glee's on there, so there's something, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out. Um, I, I guess it's it, if it is more like like the British ones, like Coronation Street. I remember. When I was a teenager, you know, seeing that one time and I was really surprised that people called this a soap opera because I'm like, the storylines are like, you know, I just got my teeth cleaning done and oh, somebody stole my wallet and uh, oh, my uncle sure is being mean. Like it was just regular everyday stuff. So if it's something more regular, normal human behavior and not, uh, you know, my twin brother slept with. (laughs) Uh, your uh, <laughs> twin sister or whatever and they had uh, a demon baby then maybe it'll be worth a view <laughs> Neighbours I will say is a bit more like that than Home and Away <laughs> but like oh. you're not getting Home and Away well, you're getting Neighbours so <laughs> PD911 you're, you're back on my PBR playlist now just quickly before we uh, head off with you Colin we, we talked at length last week about the NHL playoffs and it's something I feel we're going to talk a lot about in the coming weeks because they start in the next week or so but uh, time of recording this you are a very happy Canadian because your team has made the playoffs. Toronto are in, Colin. How are you feeling right now? Yeah. Um, first, I'll just say I rarely watch live games. Uh, I'll always wait about an hour so I can fast forward the commercials and fast forward, you know, when a whistle's blown. And I couldn't wait. I was watching this thing live. I was dealing with sitting through the commercials and everything. Uh, my uh, 11-month-old son just got a bunch of hockey shirts that I think we talked about, and one of them was a Leaf shirt that's for a four-year-old, and I put him in this four-year-old shirt so he would be able to be dressed with me for the game today. Um, he watched about five minutes of it and probably loved it, and I had the ending spoiled as we've just come off of another recording <laughs> for something else. 
But I'm glad that it was spoiled in favor of my team. So I'm going to the playoffs. I'm going to the playoffs. You are. You've been selected to play for the Leafs. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting because didn't they, they had to basically win one more game to get in and they've lost like the last two or three. So it must have been very nerve wracking yeah. to be a Leafs fan in the last few days. Well, I think like a week ago when we were talking, it looked like it was a secure thing. And then what I didn't account for, which you know somebody brought up to me this past week, is that all of the teams that were right on the bubble there, you know, the ones that the Leafs were competing with, Ottawa, Boston, Tampa Bay, and the Leafs, they're all playing each other in these final games, which completely throws a wrench into everything because, you know, if one team loses, well, then another team won. You know, if Tampa Bay wins, but they're playing Boston, well, Boston's bumped down, but now Tampa Bay's bumped up. And, you know, that's kind of what happened is that Toronto played Tampa Bay which is bad for Toronto on both levels. So it just it got to be way too tight going into this. And I think at this point, if Toronto wins another game, they could still secure a better playoff spot and a better matchup in the first round. So I think that's what's going to keep me tuned in tomorrow night for the last game. Well, it's basically at the time of recording this. All the, all the sides are now locked in. It's just a matter of who is playing who. And uh, we're not going over this again. We did this last week. But it, as of right now, this, again, will probably change by the time you hear this. But it does look like that Battle of Ontario is still on. The Leafs against the Senators. That's uh, the bracket there. And then my two teams again, too. The Ducks and the Flames are scheduled to put each other there and there. But uh, I think we'll get you on each week. We'll talk about these. Uh, I'm excited for it. And, uh, yeah, let's let's go Leafs. Uh, hashtag third team. Um, so, uh, again, I think we went over the fact they haven't won a playoff series in over a decade, but, um, you know, cool. There's always now, but, uh, it's always fun having you here, Colin. I'm sure we'll continue to talk more about all things Canada. Hopefully by this time next week, we can say that you've gotten, uh, some other great Australian TV shows. We'll send you maybe play school. Um, that is a great show, which you all, your son would love play school. So fingers crossed for play school next week here on the brink. I'm sure it'll be on Out TV by the end of the month. That part of the show where I get to play the most beautiful music in the entire world. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favorite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Getting the lyrics. This is the chance for you to hear just how badly myself and every other co-host who has attempted this segment can sing over the years. Now, I teased you earlier on uh, about what we would be playing, and that, of course, is myself and Dakota singing a little bit more about Chavril. You would have heard that in our flashback segment earlier in this episode. And uh, we did a forget lyrics that day to an Avril Lavigne song, funnily enough. It was complicated. Uh, that's the name of the song. It also was kind of complicated to come up with the uh, topic of this one because we sung about Chavril. That simple. Dakota and myself, Too Complicated by Avril Lavigne, singing about the demise of Chavril. <laughs> broke up (laughs) it's so sad (sighs) whatever Dakota's really practicing his guitar good job took some lessons (sighs) he was the lead singer of Nickelback actually I think he still is she was Canada's pop Princess, everybody loved her. They met on some song they sang. It was so beautiful. They were 
better than Brangelina or Justin and Brittany. But then something happened. A source told us weekly that they're breaking up. Chad drove around LA every day and said that Avril sucked. Not in the good way. Why the hell did they have to go and go break up? I'm so sad that Canada's in mourning and it's really, really bad now. Oh, Avril and Chad, you were love, you had diamond rings, you had everything, you had flowers, you're just so perfect and you're now breaking up. We've just got to hope that Alanis Morissette and Brian Adams get together now to save Canada. Go to Coda. That was great, Ben. Oh. They broke up and now Canada's crying. We're all gonna cry today. They broke up from a source. They unfollowed each other from social media, which obviously means they're breaking up. I know I'm out of time. I'm completely forwarding the song. Now I'm out of power. Da 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 da. Now I'm fine. It's all good now. Travel broke up. No! And break up Chavrel. I'm so sad right now. Maybe if Celine Dion and Neil Young got together, then Canada would be saved. Dakota, he stuffed this up. It was going so good. And then he broke up. And then so did Chavrel. And- <laughs> Chavrel. <laughs> nah. Down again. Oh. I heard it. No, 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 Ben. No, no, no. Oh, Ben. Ben's, Ben's, Ben's gone. Ben's gone. It's Ben's. Yeah, Ben's, Ben's left. Oh, no. I was, I think Ben did a terrible job. I was. Oh, I was amazing. Still gets me uh, choked up to this day. And uh, good news, actually, uh, on a completely unrelated note. Forget the lyrics is returning to the radio airwaves to high noon, 12 to 2 p.m. on Hobart's Edge Radio. And uh, this coming Friday, Good Friday, we're bringing it back with a bang. We're having a complete musical episode on Friday's show of High Noon. Dakota, myself, possibly Stewie, possibly Sam, we are going to be singing and singing and singing, and we perhaps will maybe even bring you one or two of those on next week's brink, just to uh, see what you missed out on. We are back on the brink here, and we are in a car. Just thought uh, we would mention that we started the episode with us in a car. We're going to end the episode with us in a car. Who knows what will happen between now and when I finally say something about oranges and being sucked? Stewie is holding the microphone. Uh, hello, Ben. How are you? Oh, I'm Stewielicious, Stewie. How are you? Oh, fantastic. How, how was your day? Oh, it was brilliant. Bit disappointing there at the end of the race, though. On a, on a scale of zero to Simone de Silvestre, how excited were you today? Oh, Simone de Silvestre. Oh, full on. Full on. You've gone, you've gone the Swiss route oh. straight away. Look, I, I can see she's got a lot of promise. She, she, she works hard and makes other things hard. On that note, speaking of hard, James Fife, how are you? You good, apparently? Speechless? Don't know what to say? No, I'm good, Ben. I'm good. Uh, you are good. That's good. Do you enjoy your day today? I did, Ben. It was, uh, it was, it was apart from the weather, it was it was good. Um, yeah, as, as everyone else has said, it, a bit disappointing that the race at the end happened the way it did, but 
um, it was it was I enjoyed the day, yeah. <laughs> and on a scale of uh, zero to Simone De Silvestro, what did you, what would you rate this entire episode of the Brink? Given that you've only heard the bits that you've been involved in and have no idea what the hell happened in between. Um, sort of, I didn't listen to your question, sorry, Ben. <laughs> no one ever does. Um, well, that, that probably does sum up this episode of The Brink. Uh, <laughs> starting in the car, ending in the car. Uh, Sammy Mack's also here still. Stewie literally has to shove a microphone in his face because our lives are in Sam's hands right now. He is behind the wheel as we enter the beautiful town of Oatlands. And for anybody listening to us right now from around the world, particularly those in Mountain View across in California, I know you still listen to us, folks. Thank you for your tuning in-ness. And if you're ever in Tasmania, check out Oatlands because you can't come to Tasmania without seeing the oats of the lands. But Sammy Mack, uh, how, how are you finding your driving abilities right now? I think I'm going all right, Ben. It's, um, it's dark. It's night time. We're on a two-lane highway, which means for, for anyone in America, they've probably got, like, nice, beautiful four-lane highways, Santa Barriers. We've probably got ten-lane highways over there. Yeah, you're not wrong. Our highways are a goat track. Pretty much. And I mean, dangerous. <laughs> this, is a, this is just a street uh, where houses are, a residential area, pretty much. That's right. For we're our going, American We're going friends. all right. We're going all right. We're sitting on 100 k's here, and uh, we're about an hour out of Hobart, so... We're going all right. On, on a scale of zero to Simone De Silvestro, how would you rate your driving right now? I'd rate it as De Silvestro. Oh, look at this confidence in the front seat and yeah. in the back seat here. James is just questioning what's going on. You, you want to put a change in answer there, James? Do you understand my question now at all? Um, I'll just say that's Sil- Silvestro thingamajigger. Are you offending the greatness of Simone D. Silvestro? You've got to say her name correctly now, Fifey. Come on, Simone D. Silvestro. Silvestra. Silvestro. Silvestro. Is it Silvestro or Silvestra, Sam? Silvestro, I think. Silvestro. Oh, it is Stro. Okay, good, all right. Uh, Stewie, you, you do look very well suited to holding a microphone of that shape. Have you had experience holding things of that shape before in your hand? Uh, look, Ben, you know me, I don't don't uh, Bryce Gibson tell. Well, you do um, when we're not on air. <laughs> but um, may, maybe one night I'll have to uh, tell you. Well, believe me, as soon as I hit stop on this, you will tell us. Um, <laughs> it just brings me back to New Year's Eve and a fantastic night involving sausages and secrets. No special. Sausages and secrets. The new podcast coming soon from the Brink family. Hosted by Stuart Lipscomb. Hi everyone, I'm Stuart Lipscomb. Welcome to Sausages and Secrets. I was at this venue once in Melbourne, owned by Tony Mockbill. It was delicious. Is that how would you rate that on a scale of zero to Simone D. Silvestro? Oh, uh, look, I think that was probably a Shane Van Gisbergen. Oh, 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 he's gone the Van Gisbergen route. Oh, actually, speaking of good calls, I, I won the day with a bit of commentary before we had uh, driving down the Midlands. Sammy Mack ran over a mouse, the murderous bastard, <laughs> and. Um, Let's relive that classic commentary moment by my good self, Ben Waters. On a scale of zero to Simone de Silvestro, this was a Simone de Silvestro with a lot. Uh, as he ran over the mouse. Well, uh, why don't why don't we reenact it? Okay. All right, okay, all right, okay. reenact. Oh, all right, no, just be quiet. Right, just driving. Was that a mouse? <laughs> that was a mouse. Got him gone. Piss off. She squashed. <laughs> oh, look. 
That's got classic commentary written all over it. Bruce McAvaney would have been proud of that one, Stewie. Bruce, I think, uh, might know you said that and uh, bit teared up a bit when you did make that good call. Hang on. You forgot to let me say that, Ask, did I squash him? I think I squashed him. Oh. Let's, let's do it again. All right. <clears throat> yep, cool. Just driving. Cool, yep. Hey, was that a mouse? Oh, I think it was. That was a mouse. I think I just squashed him. Got him gone. Piss off, you squashed. Ah, <laughs> oh, still as good as the day it was born, all of an hour ago. Love it. Love oh, look, that's making the best of. That's uh, got to be relieved over and over again. If only we were recording it live. That's our next goal. Next year, uh, if we're here, uh, we're going to do an entire episode from start to finish, from uh, the start in Hobart to Simmons Plains. You reckon we could do it, boys? I reckon we could do it. A marathon, radio marathon. Podcast. Oh, sounds sounds, uh, sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, of course it does. It's the brink. That's our motto. The brink. Sounds interesting. Well, we, we went. We went. Uh, well, we went on the qualifying lap today. We went almost an hour straight, didn't we? How good was our commentary? How good was our car racing commentary? I, I liked it. I thought it was all right, actually. You know what? Let's hear a bit of a clip of that now. And uh, Ben, uh, oh, oh, we got a car. We got a car. Half spin. Oh, very lucky. Charter number eighteen. Oh, he's had a bit of an incident there, but no cars collected him. Good piece of driving there. He's pulled the Max Verstappen out of the vernacularary and kept it going there. Beautiful driving. Beautiful. Great stuff. Skillful stuff there from uh, not only him to control that slide, but uh, also for several cars to miss him. He's dropped back, right back into the pack now. Uh, Fourth last, and... uh, Ben, I can see more rain on the way. Yes, it's looking very grey over there on the horizon, Sam, and we're only about an hour and ten minutes away from the V8s, but this is the uh, Series 2, uh, I was going to say Grand Prix, we'll stop it, we're going to go with the Grand Prix, it's, it's up there. Now we've got a car here just coming into the final turn, a yellow car, there's three cars abreast basically, and oh, there's a bit of argy going on there, well blocked, oh, he's spun off, he goes, oh, he's lost it, he's binned it, he's kept it going though, and he's got it going, four wheels back on the track, well, just as I thought there was a good bit of drive, there and couldn't quite see from this angle here, Sam, if he was pushed off there, but wow, round he goes. Spin, spin, spin! And uh, wow, if this is a, I hope this is a taste of what we're going to get for this afternoon's race, because this is action-packed. <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> Class- Listen to Jay's laugh. <laughs> oh, he faded out there a second. I should have told him that. Well, Stewie, out of, out of uh, all the commentary you've ever heard in your life, how much inspiration did you gain from Samuel and my uh, commentary this afternoon? Look, I've got to say, I gained a lot of inspiration. You were sounding more professional, nearly as professional as the doyen himself, Richie Benno. Oh, oh, that's a You're big, Richie's big call. Rest in peace, Richie. R.I.P. Richie. We miss you. Uh, this has been a fun episode of The Brink. We've uh, brought you plenty of content from a variety of sources. Uh, my favourite source, by the way, is uh, Smoky Barbecue. Can't go past a classic master food Smoky Barbecue available in all good retailers. Couldn't agree with you more, Ben. Hashtag sponsor us master food Smoky Barbecue. I would gladly rename the show uh, Smoky Barbecue The Brink. Or The Brink, brought to you by Master Food Smoky Barbecue. Got a bit of a good ring to that one, doesn't it? I agree. Thank you for the answer, boys. Um, <laughs> Stewie, the microphone, you put it to your mouth and you can talk. Yeah. 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 Are you testing that out? Yeah, I can test it. Gravitational Waves, Fridays from 3pm on Edge Radio. 2pm, I should say. You want to give it a plug? 
Yeah, be uh, tuning in on Edge Radio 99.3 FM to Gravitational Waves every Friday, bringing you science and the world. What, what's on the sh- What's on the agenda this Friday? Do you uh, look, it's uh, Good what, Friday. We're probably gonna We're probably gonna cover quite a few more space stories because we, you know, we just need our space. We do. Yeah, we do. But uh, very Easter themed show, clearly. Yeah, nothing is is set in concrete yet. Um, what is set in concrete, Stewie? Uh, concrete. Yeah, bitumen. Uh, bitumen. Yeah, technically not concrete. But what yeah. is what is bitumen? Uh, I'm actually not really that sure what bitumen is. Is it a female dog concrete? <laughs> no, no. Is it a female concrete? Well, it might be. I don't know. You never know. <laughs> You're the scientist, aren't you? <laughs> well, one day, yes. One day. All right. Cool. Um, Sam, you got any radio shows you want to plug this week? The qualifying lap. <laughs> Podcast. Listen to him go. He's good. Podcasting.com. <laughs> Actually known as iTunes or what's Stitcher. Sketcher. Stitcher. 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 James, any uh, shows you want to plug this week? Um, I like Friends a lot. As in, <laughs> like the ones you hang out with or the TV show? TV show. You know, I've heard of this really good podcast. It's called The Oz Network. You should give it a plug. Say, say, the Oz Network is awesome. Download it via iTunes. The Oz Network is awesome. Download it via what? iTunes. It's a service where you tune your eye. <laughs> okay. Download via iTunes. I'll listen to him go. What what a brilliant piece of plug in there. Beautiful. Got him gone. I'll send it out of the park. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> boys, it's been fun. James, thank you for uh, everything that you did throughout this episode of The Brink. Thank you very much, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Stewie? former co-host and now uh, hostess with the mostess on gravitational waves. Thank you. You're welcome, Ben. Thank you for having me. And Sammy Mack to the crossing. Um, you're pretty cool yourself too. Beautiful. Splendid. Had a great day. And uh, we've had a great episode. You can stay tuned to everything Brink-related, iTunes, Stitcher, Carrier Pigeon, whatever you want to do and float your boat. Subscribe. Please leave us feedback. We would love to see some on there because we feel a bit lonely not having on there. But, um, you know, whatever. Again, just put on a scale of zero to Simone D. Sylvester what you thought of the show. Remember to like us on Facebook as well. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, which we barely update, so just stick to the Facebook page. It's probably better. Uh, But we'll be back. Episode 21 will be just around the corner. And until we next speak again, can we, everyone, can we see if we can do this all at once? You know know what I'm about to say about sucking oranges, right? Can we maybe do this all together? Do you think we can do it? Do you know the closing, James? Do you you know what I say here? What's that? I, I close off the show by saying, keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. So if I count us down from three... Can we all say that together? Do you think we can? No. All right. Well, you can fail. The other two in the front will definitely succeed. You, you fellas ready in the front? We're ready to close this one out? Ready. All right. Let's go. Three, two, one. Keep, Keep sucking, sucking those oranges, oranges Hobart. And good night. We're out of here.